Okay, so we're up to the bottom of Kuvav on the day is the bottom line. The Mishnah had said that if a woman goes Medina Sayyam, if the husband goes Medina Sayyam, and the woman wants Mazainis, does she have to swear when she collects the Mazainis or only if she collects the Ksuba? So the Gemara says that this assumption, that it's not assumption, it's in this Psak that seems to be from the Mishnah, that when a woman, no, when a husband goes uh, overseas, the woman can demand from the Bezdin to get Mazainis from him. That's not such a poshid thing, and it's not in all scenarios. So the Mishnah says like this. The the, the Gemara says like this. Uh, the bottom of Kovav on the days. Mishalach of Dinasayim Itmar. Rav Omar Poiskin Mezaynis Laishasish. Rav says that we give Mezaynis Tenashasish, meaning if a married woman comes to court and says, My husband is away, we will we'll go into the estate for her and, and sell and sell the land, which is in order for her to have food, which is again the indication, the clear indication from the Mishnah. Shmuel Amar in Paiskim Mizayinus Shmuel disagrees. He says, No, we don't give Mizayinus to Neshesesh. So, the, meaning we don't have the right to go into the estate. And we'll see why Shmuel's against it and when Shmuel's against it. And obviously, we'll also have to address the fact that the Mishnah kind of seems not like Shmuel, because the Mishnah definitely indicates that we, we sell, that we, we give her Mizayinus. The whole Shaila of the Mishnah is whether she has to swear or not, but the indication is clearly that she gets Mizayinus. So, we'll, we'll address that. So, the Gemara explains Amr Shmuel. Shmuel says, Moidali Abba. Shmuel says, first of all, Rav, who says that we sell. Uh, we, we give her food from the husband's estate when he goes overseas. Even Rav is Even Rav agrees that we will not do it for the first three months after he travels. So let's say he, he went overseas. If it's within three months of the beginning of the trip, we will not sell the sell uh, and give her food. Why? Because no one we no one leaves his wife without at least three months worth of food. So the first three months, we definitely assume that she's taken care of financially. The shaila is after three months. That's a machlekes. The Gemara clarifies. If we heard that the husband died, meaning. There are witnesses that testify the husband died. Then kuliamale pligi. Everyone agrees. That you that you give her food. We're going to see it in a moment. What Shmuel Shita about that we don't give her food and we don't go into the estate? So one of the major concerns, the Gemara is going to address this, but one of the major concerns is we're afraid that he already gave her food privately. He gave her cash. You know, he wired her account. And she's not telling us this. And she's coming in and she's double dipping. So, or another concern is that he told her that her um, that her earnings should cover the food. Those are the two concerns. That's why Shmuel's against giving her food. Both those concerns don't apply if the husband died. If the husband died, then first of all, she's entitled to the mezainus, and number two, we're not afraid that she's that we're not afraid that she's gonna she's gonna she got cash wired to her because if the husband died, she's gonna have to swear anyway when she gets the ksuba. So once she swears when they get the ksuba, we'll make her also swear that she doesn't that she never got too much mezainus. Meaning, when the husband's alive and she just wants it in a trip for a couple months, half a year, I understand why Shmuel's against it because Shmuel's like, listen, she's not collecting ksuba anytime yet because she's still married to him and she's happily married. She's just gonna double dip. She's just gonna get some extra cash. So we don't want to give her the food. But when the husband died, there's no reason to there's no reason to withhold it. So it says the Gemara, if we hear that the husband died, then everyone agrees that she gets support from his estate. Well, we don't know that he died. Rab says we go into the estate to give her food because the husband has to support his wife. And Shmuel says, no, we do not give her support from the property. Why? 
My time is, I said this before, Rav Zvid Omar Zvid says that we're afraid that maybe he gave her cash privately before he left without anybody knowing. She's now claiming that she doesn't have any food even though it's not true and she's double dipping. Rav Papa Amar, Rav Papa says a different concern that perhaps he told her instead of giving you food, uh, take you, you, your salary instead of me, right? The husband normally gets the salary and gives her food. So now he said, for the next couple of weeks, the salary will cover it. I'm not giving you food, but you have your own salary. Those are the two reasons why Shmuel is against giving uh, giving the wife food when the husband's overseas. So now the Gemara says, my binay, what's the difference between these two opinions as to why Shmuel's against it? Either because he's afraid that he gave her cash privately, or he's afraid that we're afraid that he told her take the take your salary in 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 lieu of um, in food. So what's the difference? You see, a gadol, a girl over bar mitzvah, there is a concern that he would give her cash privately because she's old enough and mature enough to be able to handle, to hold on to the cash. But what if she's an adult bar mitzvah girl, above bar mitzvah wife, so she's old enough to receive money and to control money, but her earnings don't suffice for the support, meaning she needs $100 a week for food, and she only makes 50 bucks. So if the concern is that he gave her cash, that's taka concern over here. If the concern is that he said you should take your support in lieu of the payment, in lieu of the food, it's not enough in this case. There's no concern. Another nafka midi katana v'safka. You have a girl who's under bat mitzvah, who's making a lot of money. So her, if, if the concern is that he said take your salary in lieu of the support, that would be a concern. But because she's under bat mitzvah, no one would give a girl under bat mitzvah cash privately. They would be afraid that she wouldn't be able to control it properly. She's not mature enough to handle it. So if the concern is that we're concerned that he gave her cash privately, that's not a concern by under bat mitzvah. So that would be an afkamina between these two reasons. Okay, so you have Shmuel Shita is that we do not go into the estate to give her uh, money when the husband went overseas. The problem is our Mishnah indicates not like that. Tanan. Right? Our, whole, our whole Mishnah is that you're giving her food. The whole machalik is what she has to swear. But it's clear that she's getting food. Tanan, it says in the Mishnah. If a husband went overseas, and the wife wants support, Hanan says we give it to her, and she doesn't have to swear now. She only swears when she gets the ksuba. And the Kanam Gedalim say, no, she has to swear now and then. Meaning, everyone agrees she gets the food. The whole Shaila is whether she has to swear that she didn't, she's not double dipping. So, what do you see from here? You see, the whole Machlaikis is whether she has to swear, but everyone agrees that she gets the support. So, how could Shmuel say she doesn't get support? Our mission is clearly not like that. So, this is the same Kash and same answer we're going to have for like the next four or five times. And that is. We said before that Shmuel holds that everyone agrees she gets support if if the if the people testify that her husband died. So I, our Mishnah says that she gets support, and Shmuel says she doesn't. The answer is the case of our Mishnah is where she heard is where we heard that the husband died. Meaning, so when the because we heard the husband died, whether it's true or not, we heard the husband died, she's able to get support. So Shmuel holds in general, we don't give support, we don't go into her estate when the husband goes overseas. I, our Mishnah says not like that. Our Mishnah is talking about a case where we heard the husband died. Every cash, every terror, it's going to be the same thing. It indicates, Mishnah or Bryce indicates she gets support, not like Shmuel. The answer is, heard the husband died. Sometimes it's true the husband died, sometimes the husband showed up and it's true he's not died, proved he obviously didn't die, but that's the same question, same answer. Question number two, then same answer. Tashima, the Bryson says, Misha Sayyam, if someone overseas, and the husband and the wife wants food, 
B'nei Kahanim G'daylem Tishava. The Kahanim G'daylem says she has to swear. Chana Namar Loi Tishava. Mamish the same Achleikas of our Mishnah. V'imba Omar. And if the husband came back and said, Pasakti Loi Mizaynis, I gave her food. The halach is now when he's believed. Meaning, she then has to return the money to her. Okay, so what do you see though? That you see from this this machlekes between Chanan and the Kahan of Gedolim is the whole machlekes is whether she has to swear, but everyone agrees that she gets support, so it's not like Shmuel. So the answer is over here. The case is again where we heard that he died, so that's why they gave it support because they heard that he died. Here's the problem: the end of the brayse says if he shows up and says. That, that I gave her money, he's believed. If he's dead, how is he showing up? In Ba Omar Kamar, the answer is Balachashmua. The answer is it was a false report. Right? You could hear that someone died and it could be truthful, and you could hear that someone died and it's and it was obviously a false report. The case was over here. They heard that the husband died. So they gave her Mizinus. Obviously it was a false report because he showed up, but uh, okay, that's life sometimes. Tashima, another proof against Shmuel, and the same answer. If someone goes overseas, and the wife wants food, and they give her food, and then if he comes back and he says, that I told you to take your earnings in lieu of the support, Rasha, he's allowed to, to, he's allowed to make that arrangement. However, if Bezdin preceded him, meaning if he comes back and he says, take your support, okay, a husband's allowed to do that. But if before he did that, the Bezdin already says she can get support, we give her money. So what do you see over here? Again, the Bezdin will give her money when the husband goes overseas. Again, the answer is the same answer, which is this is again a case where we heard that the husband had died. Obviously, it was not true because he showed up afterwards, but we had heard the husband died. Uh, Another challenge. Now this one, we're not going to be able to say the husband died. Tashima. If someone went overseas, and the wife wants support, and the Bezdin goes into his property, and they support the wife, but they don't support his kids. Now obviously, this is not talking about a case where we heard that he died, because if we heard that he died, they would support his wife and his kids. They're not supporting his kids. Now, this is kids that are over six that he doesn't have to support, but he was supporting. So they're going to support the wife and not the kids. We'll have to figure out in a second why. And they don't support something else, which the Gemara will address in a moment. What do you see over here? You see that the wife demands support and she gets it. Oh, so you see the Brisa clearly rules, not like Shemuel. So I'm Rav The case is where before leaving, the husband appointed a Shliach to support her. And now this, the shliach is refusing to do his job. So the reason why we support the wife is because, in general, we won't. But over here, he appointed a shliach to give her support. So we're just imposing what he wanted. So here's the kasha. The kasha is, if, if that's talk of the case, that he appointed a shliach to support his wife, then why aren't we supporting his kids as well? Right? If he appointed a shliach, to support his wife, then wouldn't he want his shliach to support his kids as well? The answer is, he appointed a shliach to support his wife and not to support his kids. So the Gemara says, my poska, why, would, why are you assuming that's such a random, strange case that he specifically appointed a shliach to support his wife, but he specifically said, don't support my kids? Like, well, what? that's random. That doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, Elam Papa, 
The answer is like this. We said before that everyone agrees if his two witnesses that come forward and say the husband died, whether they're telling the truth or not, if his two witnesses come forward and say the husband died, she's able to receive support according to everybody. The case over here is where this one witness who comes forward and says the husband died. So the Shaila is like this. Do we believe one witness? In general, one witness is not believed. However, we, we've had this case many times, and that is for Aguna purposes, we will believe one witness. If the if he says the, the husband died, she's allowed to remarry. If he's dead, then you have to support, meaning Shmuel Shita is, if he's alive and he traveled overseas, we are not going to go into his estate to support anybody. If he's dead, we'll support everybody. What's the case? The case is one witness says he died. So we'll support will support the, the, the husband, uh, will support the wife, but we will not support the kids. Why? Because one witness is quasi. It's like we believe him, but we don't believe him. So the wife has the right to believe him because one witness is enough for a wife to remarry. So because one witness is a leniency that the wife is allowed to believe one witness in order to remarry, we're going to believe the one witness to say that she should be supported like any other wife who hears that the husband died. But when it comes to the kids, one witness is not enough to require us to support the kids. So the case is, there's one witness. We support her, not the kids, because one witness testifying about the death is significant regarding a wife, but it's not significant regarding children. The Gemara says, he, regarding the woman herself, because she, if she wants to remarry based on the testimony of one witness, she's able to do so, then one witness is enough for us to give her support. But regarding the sons and the daughters, that the sons and the daughters cannot use one witness to require us to support them, meaning, they can't, let's say, like could the sons and daughters um, take over the inheritance based on one witness? No. So because one witness is not enough for that, it's not enough to require us to support as well. Now we said before that in the case where the one witness, so we'll support the wife, but not the kids, and not davar acher, not another thing. My davar acher, what is that? It means jewelry, meaning we'll support the wife based on one witness, We'll give her food, but we're not going to give her jewelry. Rav Yosef Amr Tzedakah, Rav Yosef says it means tzedakah, meaning we're not going to go into his estate and start giving out to tzedakah organizations. So it's a machlekes of what we won't support. Either we won't support jewelry for the wife, or we won't support tzedakah. So the Gemara says, Man, Damar Tachshit, if you say that we won't give the wife jewelry, Kulsha can go to the next page, tzedakah, all the more so we won't give tzedakah. Meaning, out of the two, what do we think a husband is more likely to want to give? Jewelry, because... Listen, stuck is very nice and it's very altruistic, but jewelry is more important for him because if his wife doesn't wear jewelry, that's a bad reflection of him. That like it's like people like, oh, he's not taking care of his wife. So if you say that we don't we don't go into his estate to give her jewelry, we definitely are not going to go into his estate to give tzedakah. However, if you say that we go into his estate to give tzedakah, that we go into the estate, to, uh, to, uh, I'm sorry, if, we, if you say that we don't go into the estate to give tzedakah, but we do give into, go into the estate potentially for jewelry, because uh, the jewelry is for him. It's like selfishly, it, it looks good for his family that his wife walks around nice, and if the wife doesn't wear jewelry, then it's a bad reflection of him. So it could be that that would be more likely that we would go into the estate. Okay, Toshima. Um, another Kashan Shmuel who says that we don't go into the estate to support the wife when he goes overseas. Now, we're, the Gemara's Kasha is going to be, we don't go into the estate, according to Shmuel, to support the wife, 
when the husband goes overseas, either because one of two reasons. First of all, we're afraid that he gave her cash before he left privately, or because we're afraid that, um, that, that, um, my brain is fuzzy today. Or we're afraid that he told her, take your earnings in lieu of the support. Okay. Now that's a wife that goes, that's a husband that goes overseas. The Gemara is assuming a similar situation would be a Yavam, a man who's, a woman who's waiting to do Yibam, and she's waiting to do Yibam, and all of a sudden he he runs overseas and he runs away because he's not interested in doing Chalitza or Yibam to her. He's being a nice person. The halacha is, as we'll see from this b'raisa, we make him support her, meaning we go into the estate of the yavim to support the wife. Now that's incredibly similar. What's the difference between a husband and wife where Shemuel says we don't go into the husband's estate when he goes when he goes overseas, but a yavam and a yavama where we do go into the yavam's estate. They're identical. So if you go into the yavam's estate, you should probably go into the husband's estate. So that's a kash in Shemuel. The b'raisa says, ha-yavama, so the husband died. So the question is, who supports her? So during the first three months after her husband's death, right? We never have a woman marry or do yibam within three months of the husband's death because we want to separate for pregnancy um, and paternity issues. We always wait three months. So the first three months, she's still bound to her first husband. So is Michelle Baila. She is supported by the first husband's estate. At that point. After three months have passed, so now she's sort of like a single woman. While she does have to do yibum, she's not really bound to anybody. So she doesn't have to. She she doesn't get supported by the first husband because the first husband says, "Go do yibum." The yavam says, "Let's just do chalitza. I don't have to support you either." So she's sort of in limbo. However, if after three months pass, she wants to do yibum or she wants to do chalitza, but the yavam, you know, runs away. Meaning, Omar Bedin, they brought the Yavim to judgment and said, you have to either do Yim or Chalitza Ubarach, but then he ran away. So then, then we go into the estate of the Yavim while he's overseas and we give food. Now, going into the estate of the Yavim is pretty similar to going into the estate of the husband. And you see from this Brisa that we do. So why does Shmuel say that we don't by a husband and wife if we do by a Yavim Nivhamas? So the answer is, why is it that a husband and wife, we don't go into the estates? I told you the two reasons. Either because we're afraid that the husband gave her cash privately, or he said to her, take your earnings in lieu of the, uh, in, uh, 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 take your salary in lieu of the support. The answer is both those reasons do not apply to a Yavam. The reason why a Yavam, we go into the estate, is because Shmuel's whole objection of going into the estate is because of those two concerns. Those two concerns do not apply to a Yavam. So the answer is, Amalek Shmuel, Shmuel responds, what are you concerned about by a Yavam? If you're concerned, I mean, the reason why Shmuel doesn't allow the husband to go to go into the husband's estate is because of those two concerns. Those two concerns don't apply to a Yavam. Because what are you concerned about? If you're afraid that the husband gave her cash, a Yavam is not close enough to a Yavama to give her cash privately. A husband and wife, they're very close, they share an account, whatever. A Yavam is not going to do that. And and if you'll say we're afraid the Yavam told her to take her earnings in lieu of, uh, to take her earnings in lieu of, it, it, it take the salary in lieu of the earnings, that doesn't work by Yavam because the Yavam doesn't have rights to her earnings. So it doesn't work. A husband has rights to her earnings, and he's saying, instead of the earnings, keep the earnings, I, I'm not going to pay you. That doesn't apply to Yavam. So because both reasons don't apply to Yavam, then that's why we go into the estate. But a husband and wife, we don't go into the estate. Another Kashan Shmuel, the Bryce says, Tashma, if a husband and wife go overseas, Ubaba and she comes back and she says, Mace Bailey, my husband died. So the halach is, 
We believe her, right? Halach is we believe in Eid Achor. So she's like any other almana. She gets support, and at some point, if she wants a ksuba, she gets a ksuba like any other almana. However, Girshani, by the way, if she comes back and she says, My husband divorced me, the halach is we don't believe her. So because we don't believe her, she's just like any other wife who just says, my husband's overseas. When she says, my husband divorced me, we don't believe her. So it's like any other wife who says, my husband overseas. What's the halacha? We allow her to accept, we allowed her to, to get support only up to the ksuba. Now the reason why we only allow it up to the ksuba, we'll see, is because she claims she was divorced, in case she was divorced, then she's only entitled to a ksuba, not entitled to support. So we'll give her support until the value of the ksuba, not past that. But what do you see? You see that we don't believe that she's divorced. She's just like a regular wife whose husband is overseas. And what's the halacha? We give her support. So you see that we go into the estate of the husband when the husband goes overseas. So it's not like Shemuel. So the answer is again, Over here also, we heard the husband had died. And as we said before, when the husband died, if we hear the husband died, then everyone agrees we're going to the estate. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, if you're saying the husband died, that means she's a widow. If she's a widow, then when she claims the husband divorced her, why are we stopping at Iksuba? If We don't really believe that her husband divorced her. So I thought it was just like, okay, well, she's just a regular woman. Now you're saying, no, she's a widow. If she's a widow, then she should be able to get support. Why do we stop to the point of Iksuba? It should keep going. So the answer is, he said, the reason why we limit the support until the Iksuba is because she hurt herself. Because she claims she was a divorcee, which, if true, that would mean that she's only entitled to the ksuba. So because she said it, we're going to use her like her words against her. Yeah. Meaning, <clears throat> obviously, we don't believe that she's actually divorced. Because we're, we heard before she was divorced that her husband died. But still, it's, it's like it's like, maida, it's like It's like the equivalent of a scenario where it's like, you say you owe me $100 in front of witnesses, whatever, and I'm like, you only owe me 50 bucks. Even though I'm not believed to the extent that you are, but if, if you want to, listen, if, 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 if you're Maida, that that's all you're owed, fine. You could, meaning, we'll, we'll use your words to, against you, for sure. So, over here, we already had witnesses that, that she's a widow, which means she's entitled to support forever. But if she claims she's divorced, Okay, well, we don't believe her. Obviously, she's divorced, but we'll use it to, to, to as a claim against her that she's not going to be able to collect more than the ksuba value. Okay, one more uh, kasha and teretz. Again, Shmuel believes that we don't go into the husband's estate, and the two reasons are because we're afraid the husband gave her cash privately, or because the husband said to her, "Take your support um, in lieu of payment." So the Gemara says, "Tashma another kasha." We know that if a girl does mean, she doesn't get mezainus. Now, what's the case? It can't be, again, a girl mean, that means a girl under bat mitzvah who is an orphan who is married off by her brother and her mom. Or her mom. So, what's the case where she doesn't get support? It can't be where she and her husband, obviously, once she already does mean, that she's not going to get support anymore because marriage is over. It means that a girl who's eligible for mean doesn't get support. So, what's the case though? If she and her husband are together and they're happily married, why why doesn't she get support? The husband has to support her, so why not? It must be the case the husband went overseas. Love and in the absence, she borrowed money for support, spent it, and then did mean. So, 
Yeah, so because she already did Mian, she has to now pay off the debts. Meaning she borrowed money while the husband was overseas, and then she does Mian. So once she does Mian, then the husband doesn't have to pay for it anymore because it's as if the marriage never took place. That's the case where that's that's the case where there's no Mazinus by Mian. What's the case again? The husband traveled overseas, she got support from the husband's estate, she borrowed against the husband's estate for the support, then she did Mian. And because she did Mian, the husband doesn't have to pay. So what do you see? The only reason why the husband doesn't have to pay is because of Mian. If not for Mian, she would be able to borrow against the husband's estate and the husband would have to pay. So you see that when the husband goes overseas, we do go into the estate and, and we do we do borrow against it and we do sell and all these things in order to support the wife. So it's not like Shmuel. So the answer is again, Shmuel's answer is again, the reason why he's against the husband the going into the estate for a wife is because of those two concerns of either the husband gave her the cash privately or the husband said to her, Take a, take a, take your support in lieu of earnings. Take your salary in lieu of in lieu of in lieu of mezainus. Both those concerns don't apply to a girl under bar mitzvah. Why? She's under bar mitzvah. He's not giving her cash privately. He doesn't trust her. And if it's because of the support that we're afraid that he said, take your salary in lieu of the support. The average girl under bar mitzvah is not making enough money. So because both those reasons don't apply. Then we will go into the we will go into her estate, into his estate. Okay, so you have Machlegas Rab and Shmuel, whether we support the wife, go into the wife, the husband's estate when the husband goes overseas. So my havelo, what's the psak? What's the halacha? Kiyasa Ravdimi Omar. Ravdimi says, My Sabalafne Rebi Besharim Rebi was in Besharim, the city of Besharim, Paskalam Mazinus. And this case, which is a woman claiming support because her husband was overseas, Rebbe gave her Mazinus. And another case went in front of Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel did not give her support. And Again, our Mishnah, the simple indication of our Mishnah is that you give support to a wife when she goes overseas. We answered it. That according to Shmuel, our Mishnah is talking about a case where you heard the husband died by two witnesses. But the simple shot of the Mishnah is not like that. So you have Rabbi who follows Rav, Rabbi Shmuel who follows Shmuel, and Rabbi Yechonah heard this. He said, "Why, why, why don't you give the support? Why do Rabbi Shmuel not give the support?" The whole machlokes of our Mishnah is whether she has to swear. But the clear indication is that she's going to get support. So the Gemara says, Amrlei, Rav Shemin Bar Abba, Rav Shemin Bar Abba said to Rav Yechon, Kvartir Gemara Rabbeinu Shmuel, Bebovel, Kishon Vashemes. Shmuel was already asked this kasha from a Mishnah, and he answered, the case of our Mishnah is where the two witnesses came forward and said the husband died. So that's, that's how you get out of the Mishnah. To which Rav Yechon responded, Amrlei, Pasisu Bakuli, hi. You made the Mishnah so confusing, meaning the Pashim Shad of the Mishnah is that you give support. So you had a kasha, and now you tell me the cases where two witnesses came forward and said the husband died. Like, why? why? Just go with the Pashim Shad. So Rav Yechonah follows Rav and follows Rebbe that you should give her support. A similar, Kimat, the same version. The opposite, though, in this case, it's instead of Rebbe giving her Mazinus or Rishmael not giving her Mazinus, it's Rebbe not giving her Mazinus or Rishmael giving her Mazinus. Our mission indicates that you should get Mazinus, it's not like Rebbe. Shmuel already said the case is 
where the people heard that the husband died. And Amr Leipas, Yisuf Kuli Hai, you made the Mishnah so confusing. And the Psak is that when the wife, if the wife demands support, when the husband goes overseas, we do give her support. That's one halacha. The Hilchas of the Rav Huna Merav, and the halacha also follows Rav Huna Merav in an unrelated halacha, and that is, a woman is legally able to say to the husband, which means, meaning a woman is able to say, I'll not be supported and I'm not working for you. Meaning, I'm not giving you my income, but I won't take Mazanis. The woman has that right. Okay. Recording in progress. Sorry about that. So then the Gemara says, the last halacha is Hilchus Hakavasi Der Zvid Bekunya. The halacha follows Rav Zvid that said that what the Rav Zvid said. The Rav Zvid said, Hani Mani Dekunya. This is talking about earthenware. We know that the, you could, uh, when it comes to kashering, you can kasher metal because if you purge metal with hot water, all the non-kosher flavors will leave, but you can't purge earthenware. So the question is, if you have an earthenware vessel that you cover, you glaze it. Do you go by the glaze or do you go by the earthenware? So he said like this, these glazed vessels, if you take earthenware vessels and you glaze it with white or black, and this is... Um, um, metal lead. The halacha is once it's covered in lead and metal, then it's treated as a metal vessel and it could be kasher for Pesach. But Yeruki Yasser, but green ones are not. The lead coating of green ones contained, uh, I guess, alum, they say, which permeated the vessel and it, it didn't keep, it didn't create a seal. And therefore it was still porous and it could not be kasher properly. It was treated as earthenware. And this whole concept that you can only kasher, that you can kasher the metal vessels, the lead vessels, is only if it doesn't have cracks. Because if it has cracks, it's a problem, because the cracks will contain too much of the flavoring, and you won't be able to kasher it properly. Um, you know, we'll stop here. I'll pick it up tomorrow.